So Money episode 1154, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. This ease of access to the stock market is the best thing that has ever happened in America. Point blank. Welcome to So Money, everybody. Today's Ask Farnoosh is going to focus a lot on a recent market event that's taken Wall Street and Main Street by storm. It's kind of confusing, but I think really important for everyone to understand. It is the story of GameStop, that struggling video game retailer whose stock price has soared 1,700% recently, driven by smaller investors, individuals, mom and pop businesses, small brokerage firms. I have a special co-host with me today who's going to help us. We have a very special guest, a friend of the show, who's back to give us some of the play-by-play and give us context for how and why this happened, Dr. Hans Boating, The Investing Tutor. You can follow Dr. Hans at The Investing Tutor on Instagram. You will not be disappointed. He and I talk about, first of all, what is this story all about? How did this happen? How did this big and mighty group on Reddit move the market, specifically light a fire under GameStop's stock and what this implies for Wall Street, what it's revealing about Wall Street? We break down some terminology like short squeeze, short trading. Who's at fault here? There's a lot of emphasis on the individual investor and how they're taking on too much risk. They're quote unquote crazy, but isn't Wall Street to blame as well? This is a little bit of an unusual ask for news as I'm focusing on one singular topic, but this is what you wanted. I had some listeners write into me this week with a lot of questions about this story, and I thought, perfect opportunity to really dive deep. Before we get to Dr. Hans and talking about GameStop, I want to pick a reviewer of the week. Because it is Friday, and it's one of my favorite things every week. But I want to say thank you this week to Johnson J. Left a review last week saying the show is very eye-opening. The reviewer says, I found this podcast yesterday, and I'm already so thankful. A lot of the financial podcasts put me to sleep, so I've always struggled to find one I enjoy. I come from a poor background and always thought I was set to struggle. I have been learning different ways I can become more financially stable after listening to the show as my entire 10-hour shift yesterday. I've never understood my 401k, and Farnoosh really broke that down in one of the episodes. The variety of topics she touches on is refreshing as well. She doesn't sound like she's preaching at me, more enlightening me and kindly teaching me along the way. I turned it back on as soon as I got to work this morning and can't wait to catch up on all of the available episodes. Well, Johnson J, thank you so much. You can email me, farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com or send me a quick direct message on Instagram at farnoosh tarabi and let me know you left the review and I will send you a link where you can select a free 15-minute money session for you and me. And I got to ask anyone out there, any of you thousands upon thousands of listeners, how can I get in touch with Fran Lebowitz? If you aren't watching Pretend It's a City on Netflix, after this episode, go and watch. 
run and watch this show, especially if you ever lived in New York or if you love New York, even if you hate New York. Fran Leibowitz and Martin Scorsese are the executive producers of this six episode biographical profile, I guess you could say, of Fran Leibowitz, where she's just talking about the things that irk her from New York City subway to tourists to money. Episode four is all about money. And she says she has a hatred for money. She said when she was growing up in the 50s, she asked her mother, how much does our dad earn? And her mother slapped her across the face. And ever since then, she's had, as you can imagine, a rough relationship with money. Although don't feel too bad for her. She just bought a $3 million apartment in Chelsea. She has such fascinating opinions about everything, including money. And so I am desperate to get her on this show. I don't know how to reach her because she doesn't have a cell phone. She, not that I call guests on their cell phones, but she doesn't have a website. She's not on social media. I can't find a contact for her. It's not like I can call Martin Scorsese. So I, uh, I'm i putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. I just want to say at least I tried, right, to, to get a hold of Fran Lebowitz. If she can't come on the show, you got to watch episode four of Pretend It's a City on Netflix, where she talks about money. I thought it was just so funny. I didn't agree with everything, of course, but worth a watch. All right, here we go. Here's my interview with Dr. Hans on all things GameStop. Dr. Hans, the investing tutor, welcome back to So Money. Thank you so much, Farnoosh. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because I feel there's so much that people need to learn. Yes. This isn't just one of those Wall Street headlines that you can choose not to read and be fine going on with your life. This is becoming Main Street news. And I think for good reason. And just so you know, my listeners reached out this week and they said, could you please cover this? It's a little confusing. And they specifically asked for you to come and break this all down. So I am giving them what they want. Thank you for being with us. So, okay, let's just review what we are going to talk about, which is GameStop. And uh, when was the last time you went into a GameStop? Have you ever been to GameStop, Hans? Yeah, I mean, not recently. Probably in the last 10 years, I've never been to a GameStop. I was trying to think, I think in the 90s, my brother played video games. So he every birthday he would ask for a video game. So that was the only time I would find myself stepping into that store. And I couldn't wait to leave. I'm just not the audience for GameStop. So no surprise that in the internet digital world and in the pandemic, it has been struggling as malls have been shuttering. It's so much of the of the video game world shifting online. So it's been struggling. And yet in the last few months, the stock has soared thousands of percentage points. And it largely has been driven by smaller investors, people like you and me, mom and pop businesses, small brokerage firms. And what really has been fueling this, what's called a short squeeze, and we'll talk about what this what this even is, is this sort of madness that erupted over social media, specifically on Reddit. A lot of people getting quote unquote rich quick but are they really rich? Really what I want to talk to you about today to help us all better understand this story is how did this happen? Why did this happen? Why is this story important? What are things like 
you know, options trading, short trading, short squeeze. And then what's the future? Because I'm reading that this could happen again. What does this mean for the markets? I was telling someone the other day, like, this is kind of a bad look for the stock market, right? It's a bad look. What was your initial impression when you saw this story? Initially, I was very upset because I just felt like individuals were gambling, right? So then I didn't understand what was going on. You know, back during the pandemic, we saw something happen with Kodak, where Kodak got, I believe, a contract from the government and people started piling into the stock and it just started skyrocketing. So I thought it was something similar that was going on. So I just went on my social media and I was like, if you think you're going to buy GameStop because it's going to go up, you're not investing, you're gambling, you know, because I, whenever I see individuals just trying to make quick money in the stock market, my initial reaction is to be against it, right? So at that time, I didn't really understand what was going on with GameStop. So I was very much against it. Then I went into Reddit. So this was the very first time literally downloading the Reddit app and going into the community to read and understand what was going on. And after I understood it, I mean... It, it still doesn't change the post that I put out because in a way it is like taking a chance. I wouldn't call it gambling per se. <laughs> I would say individuals who went into this in quote trade were taking a chance and it was a chance for them to stand up against Wall Street hedge funds for once mm-hmm. in their lifetime. That little guy or little girl, you know, wanted to say, you know what, Wall Street, you've taken advantage of us for so long and we're coming after you. Well, let's stop there. So let's go to the other side of the equation. What's Wall Street side of this story? Wall Street side of the story is that Wall Street takes on massive risk to make money. And when things fall apart, the government comes in and bails them out like you saw in 2007, 2008, that's taxpayer money. Meanwhile, the little person isn't billed out, right? Back in 07, 08, so many families lost their homes. Guess what? There wasn't a fund created to bail out every homeowner in 07, 08. But mm-hmm. Wall Street, they all, their businesses got safe, right? So then there's just been this unequal distribution of funds from the government when it comes to Wall Street. And to that point, it further increases the risk that Wall Street, uh, you know, takes on. So looking at what's going on currently or what's been happening with GameStop, I would say for the past give and take year to year and a half, some really smart hedge funds, namely, you know, Melvin Capital, you know, Citron, they identified what you were stating in the beginning, which was that there's a shift towards e-commerce, right? And also with the pandemic that happened, businesses that have retail stores, you know, eventually they view it as GameStop was a blockbuster, right? Or to repeat that, they felt like GameStop is going to go the way of blockbuster. Right. So then these intelligent 
hedge funds view this as an opportunity to be able to make a lot of money. So then, you know, they went in to short the stock and we can talk about, you know, what shorting means. So to summarize so far, there are these two camps, right? There's Wall Street that's injecting a lot of risk into the market, but it can afford to do that because it's got millions and billions of dollars. And so there's a lot of upside for Wall Street to take on a lot of risk. But the effect on, on Main Street is not as glorious. And Main Street has been struggling almost arguably at the expense of Wall Street's profit. That's a story that I think we can all, we've all heard. There's been movies made about it. There's been, you know, then there's been real life consequences, people losing their homes, their jobs. Unfortunately, that's a narrative that has been true for far too long. So last week, a bunch of folks on Reddit said enough. And they found a mechanism to basically take down, quote unquote, some of these hedge funds um, who've been taking short positions in GameStop because they see it as a company that is it's going to go the way of the dinosaur or the blockbusters. So they're hoping that it's going to lose value. So these investors, these little investors over on the other side of the camp are like, let's artificially pump up the value of GameStop so that these hedge fund guys start to lose their bets. And now let's talk about what it means to short a stock. This is important. When you're shorting a stock, you as in quotes, that Wall Street hedge fund, you believe that the price of the stock is going to drop. So then when you're shorting, you make money when the price of the stock falls. But the mechanism by which you short is this. It's extremely risky. You go to your broker and you borrow shares of that company. So you don't even own the shares. You borrow it. So then you go in, let's look at an example where uh, let's say the stock is $100. So you go in, you go borrow those shares from the broker. So these hedge funds borrowed over 100% of the shares available, which mathematically is impossible. So once again, like the US just allows these hedge funds to do whatever they want. Because mm-hmm. how do you borrow more than 100% of the shares available? It, it, you can't even comprehend that. So these hedge funds go in, they borrow the shares so of GameStop. Let's assume it's $100. It wasn't, but to make the math simple for you to follow. And when you borrow the shares, you can sell it right away, right? So then you you borrowed shares for $100, you sell it right away. So in essence, you have $100 on you. Let's assume it was billions of dollars. You have all of that money. So let's say you have $10 billion on you, right? Now, the goal of that hedge fund is to then go out, right? They go on a media tour. They put out reports pretty much bashing this company, <laughs> talking about how it's going to go out of business. It's like, you know, Blockbuster. We live in an internet age. They do all of these things to push the stock price down. And when the stock which price, is which is arguably fraudulent, pretty much because yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> why why are we mincing words? That's fraud. It, it 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 they've been allowed to do this, and they will 
be allowed to continue to do this even after what's happened. So, okay, I wasn't planning on breaking here to ask this question, but it begs the question. In some ways, are we happy this happened because it is sending an important message, not just to hedge funds, but now the Biden administration's investigating this, the platforms that facilitated a lot of the this easy trading are also reconsidering. You know, they're having a moment of, of reflection and they paused trading on, on, on GameStop. So it's, it's creating a lot of friction and reflection. And I think that it's important because if, to your point, this has been happening, it's wrong. And look, I always say you want to, you want to change the system. You got to follow the money. You have to do something financial to kick them where they will hurt. And so is there like a silver lining to this in some ways? Yes. I mean, this was a fantastic way to express just our, I'm trying to find the right word, just frustration, frustration with the system and with how Wall Street can just get away with, you know, anything. And Farnoosh, you know, going back to explaining like, you know, what shorting is, because I'm sure the listeners want to know. When that stock, after they go on that road tour to put out negative press, and let's say the stock drops from $100, right, to $10, because they borrowed the stock initially and they sold it, they then have to go back and then buy it back. So let's say the stock drops from $100 to $10. All of a sudden, remember, they made $100 when they borrowed the stock and they sold it. Now they are buying the stock for $10, okay? So they pocket $90 in profits and then they give back $10 to the brokerage firm that they borrowed the stock from. Mm-hmm. So you see how shorting works. You borrow the stock, sell it. So let's say they made $10 billion and then they go back they were hoping that the stock is going to drop to, let's say, $10. And then they can just pay back that $10 difference and then pocket the $90 or the $9 billion. And, and that was their you know, game plan. Until these Reddit, it was actually one individual on Reddit who identified that, hey, Wall Street is targeting this company, GameStop. Literally, they wanted to drive it to bankruptcy because when you keep pushing a company stock down, that company cannot raise funds. Who is going to, what bank is going to want to give them money? So in essence, hedge funds were pouncing on this company to destroy it. And the retail investor on Reddit, they were like, no, if these companies are short this stock 130%, well, we're going to create a rebellion and we are all going to buy GameStop because we're going to save the company. We believe in the company. They have a new board chair or board member who is Ryan Cohen, the CEO of Chewy. And Ryan Cohen has done a fantastic job growing Chewy. So he's going to come and save this company. So everyone was like, buy GameStop, buy GameStop, buy GameStop. And what ends up happening in that effect is if tons of people come in to buy this stock, it drives the stock price through the roof. So you literally saw GameStop go from 
at two to five dollar stock to currently three hundred dollars. Oh now God. this is how. Oh yeah, you're saying something, Farnoosh? Well, no, I'm just wishing that it had happened to Party City, uh, the stock that I bought. <laughs> I have a little FOMO. I, can I say that out loud? Let's let's highlight this because I mean I covered Wall Street for a big part of a big chunk of my career, and I won't say that every day I was completely understanding of what was going on. It's it, a lot of it is very mystifying and. But I did understand that in order, like what moves the markets is very rarely the individual investor, right? It's these huge institutions that drive stock prices because they come in and they buy in bulk and they trade in bulk. So this was not just like, 50 people, right, driving. It was millions of trades. And that that's unprecedented. In one stock in one day, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it was unprecedented. And they succeeded in literally almost driving these hedge funds to bankruptcy. One of the hedge funds, Melvin Capital, um, had to be billed out by one of their buddies, almost about $3 billion, yeah. because they were expecting to sell their shares at a lower price. But then when the price of the stock keeps on rising, remember, you borrowed the shares. So whatever the price is in the future, you have to go buy it back. So then when these Reddit investors are buying the stock and driving it up, saying that the stock is going to the moon, well, hedge funds get scared and they have to come in and and buy the shares at a higher price because it already they've lost a ton of money but if they don't buy it at a higher price now so let's say it went from 100 to 300 if they don't buy it at 300 and it gets to a thousand they are they are toast so yeah. when when they come in and they are buying at a higher price guess what it's more demand for the stock which further <laughs> drives the stock higher and and that's where you saw that squeeze right that short squeeze I've noticed so much of the news they're paying so much attention to what the little guy did the little woman did the 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 little the little investors did and saying like how could you be so stupid and the punishment is more on the public and like, oh, we've made trading too easy, you know, too slippery. Robinhood and, and TD Ameritrade, zero dollar trades. Now anyone can trade. It's like, okay, but could we also focus on the hedge funds and the disasters that they create? I wonder, do you see a bias in how this is being covered? Extreme bias, right? That's why hedge funds can take the risk they get billed out by government or by their buddies, and they are good to go. They still buy multiple houses. Yeah, they, 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 they just borrowed $3 billion from a buddy. I mean, who has that? I wish I had a buddy like that. I, Farnoosh, I wish I had multiple buddies like that. <laughs> um, so, so what are the... Well, okay, so keep going. I, I'm, I'm listening. Listening to CNBC and... So many different channels. You're right. In the beginning, they made it sound like, and for anyone who's listening, try and go listen to Chamath Palihapitiya's interview, his halftime CNBC interview. I listened to it yesterday. It's, it's a good 30 minutes and Chamath laid it out. He was, he was like the person who is at fault here is Wall Street. 
Because how do you borrow 130% mm-hmm. shares of a, of, of a company? So you borrow over 100% shares and then you short it. And, and guess what? He also explained how these hedge funds, they meet in the Hamptons. They have what's called idea dinners. They share these ideas amongst each other. And then they all pounce on companies. But the Reddit investor literally is is even bold. They are publicly sharing their enthusiasm and their strategy around, you know, going after Wall Street. So then he emphasized the importance of CNBC changing their narrative to, to stop attacking the, in quotes, new investor Amateur investors, right? These angry mobs going on these platforms. I mean, I'm not saying that was healthy. I'm not saying that is healthy, but I'm also saying let's also recognize that what fueled this wasn't just, you know, sitting in your house bored in the pandemic. It was really bad stuff happening on Wall Street that was making a direct negative impact on people's everyday lives. And to your point, yes, they didn't do this behind closed doors. Like um, it was on Reddit. They they expressed openly and publicly how they felt. And I think it says something that they got millions on board very quickly to do this. Yes, it says something. That's a lot of organizing. It, it is. And they made a ton of money. And I say made because I'm hoping that they sold yeah. And took some gains. But you have individuals with hundreds of thousands of dollars, like, you know, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds. You have one individual who had $50,000 in game stop, and he's grown it to about $40 million, right? I mean, and, and the beauty of what's going on. And I say beauty is because literally they are funneling money out of the pockets of yeah. Wall Street hedge funds into the pockets of the little, the little guy or, or girl or woman. So then for me, I, it, there were little girls, by the way, who made money off this. There were like, there were like an 11 year old girl in the, in the news that was like, I made money off GameStop. And it wasn't just GameStop, right? There's a couple other stocks that kind of um, were bundled into this movement. And do you think there's going to be more cases of this? And if there are, how, what should we know ahead of time? Yeah. So to take a step back, I want to just say that. Back in the day, the old American dream was to own a home. I feel for this generation, the new American dream is to be an investor, right? It's just that there's been this focus on trading. And my hope is that gradually all of these investors notice that there are companies behind. And I know even with GameStop, they realized there was a company. But I hope these investors realize that, you know, these companies are not just in quote for short-term type opportunities, but there's a long-term opportunity to, you know, support a company, to become a part owner as a shareholder of a company. And that these individuals can then go out and say, you know what? Maybe I love Tesla or I love Apple or I love Microsoft or I love Etsy, right? And become 
long-term investors of these companies. Because moving forward, I do know individuals are going to be looking for similar opportunities. Truth be told, because of what has happened, and this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, I don't foresee a lot of this happening. And if it does begin to happen, you know, the brokerage firms are going to jump in front of it, right? Like, for example, I woke up this morning to an alert that Robinhood is literally preventing individuals from being able to buy GameStop, right? And it it goes to show that these brokerage firms will be proactive to prevent individuals from losing money. And I think it's a great thing because now that Robinhood is preventing individuals from buying this stock, then it means that you're not going to have any late stage retail investor who could lose a ton of money at a point where individuals should be exiting their trades or exiting, you know, their positions in GameStop, right? And, and I think this was a once in a, a lifetime opportunity to make, to have made so much money. I'm talking about like what this year, about a thousand seven hundred percent, right? From wow, January yeah. 1st up until now. And for individuals who are thinking to themselves, well, am I going to go look for the new, you know, hype stock? I'm sure a few will trickle out there, but you're not going to get the thousands of percent gains that's already happened. So instead of focusing on that, right, I would say at least dedicate your focus to identifying the companies that you believe in, the companies that you want to support and becoming a long-term shareholder of those companies. What do you think from a policy level, from maybe an SEC level, from an administration level, do, would, do you think this is going to create any new laws? Yeah, I believe that they will go in to further, in my opinion, regulate these Wall Street hedge funds, right? They should not be allowed to take on such irresponsible risk, right, at our expense, because if something happens to them, right, um, the Federal Reserve or the government or their buddies just go in and bail them out. And, and that's at our expense, right? So then I believe this administration is going to go in and then um, put on, you know, additional or new regulation around shorting of companies. And I feel moving forward, these hedge funds are not going to pounce on, you know, individual companies in the way that they did. And you know what? Elon Musk tweeted about GameStop to further excite <laughs> retail investors. Yeah, there's so many players in this story. You know, if this if this ever turns into a mini series on Netflix, I mean, there's going to be an episode about Elon Musk's involvement. There's going to be obviously the Reddit community that was organized and incited to go do this. There's the side of Wall Street and the hedge fund folks. Am I missing anybody else or any other player in this in this narrative? No, I think you Robin Hoods are, of the world. The Robin Hood and also perhaps what the SEC, how the SEC was responding as everything, you know, was unfolding. And Farnoosh, do you want to know why Elon Musk kind of egged this on? Tell me. It's because many of these hedge funds were shorting 
Tesla stock, uh-huh. you know, back years ago, right? It's almost like they just pick a company and then they all pounce on the company. It's, just a, it's like a sport. It's a game to these people. And in meantime, this has real consequences for people. Like, the hedge funds, I have a hard time feeling bad for them because like you just said, they, raise, they one guy went out and raised another few billion. He has resources. What are the resources for all the people who participated in this ploy? For hedge funds, they have unlimited resources. Yesterday, I learned something which literally, it made me upset. It made me upset. Do you believe that a hedge fund could have, let's say, let's just call it a billion dollars because to them it's no money, right? And they can go to a broker and all of a sudden the broker allows them to have access to 10x or 10 times their money to be able to trade in the stock market. I was like, what? Hmm. So, So then that person can go in with 10 billion and all of a sudden they have $100 billion of, in quote, cash that they can then go move the markets with. I mean, are they allowing us to be able to maybe have $10,000 and then be able to go into the market with 100K? That would be nice because if I put that money into incredible companies like Microsoft, Apple, I might you know, be able to retire much earlier than what, 65, which is the typical working age that they tell us <laughs> that you should work 40 years or, or so of your life and you can retire. Maybe if I could get 10x the capacity to invest, maybe you know that retail investor might be able to retire in 15 or 20 years. But mm-hmm. no, 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 we're not going to give this kind of opportunity and access to capital to the retail investor. We're only going to give it to Wall Street hedge funds. So speaking of access, there's a criticism that, uh, you know, when you make trading so accessible to everyday people, zero dollar trades, putting it on, on your phone, you can literally like make a trade with a, after a few bu- clicks and swipes. Whereas before, maybe you had to call a broker or you had to pay $8 a trade. And that was a bit of, of a, a moment of like, hmm, reflection. Maybe should I do this? Should I not do it? It wasn't such a no-brainer. What do you think about that? I, I am, I'm conflicted because I like the accessibility. But to your point, for some people who are really trying to ride the hype, they're going to get really burned. And so maybe for them, it's better to have hurdles in front of them before they just do this impulsive trade. Yes. And, you know, I I personally don't trade in terms of like short-term type bets. But my thought is this ease of access to the stock market is the best thing that has ever happened in America point blank. And the reason I say this, Farnoosh, is if you look at the different markets in the US, we can call it the labor market, and you compare it to the stock market. In the labor market, if you're a woman, if you are a millennial with no job experience, if you're a minority, and you go to this labor market, they determine how much you get to earn, right? Yeah. But in the stock market, all of a sudden, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your religion, you know, your sex. It doesn't matter. Everyone who buys Apple stock 
or Tesla stock, everyone gets the exact same return. There is literally equality in the stock market. But for to the get into time, the stock market, not so, there isn't really a level playing field. But yes, I agree. Once you're in it, if you're exactly if you are, right, if, if you, you have that it, access, if you have that access, it levels the playing field because when you're actually buying or participating in these instruments in terms of stocks or ETFs, right, or index funds, everyone is getting the exact same return. Whether you're a hedge fund, whether you know your parents are rich. Whether you're a minority, everyone is getting the exact same percentage return. So then the stock market literally provides that opportunity for any and everyone to build wealth. But guess what? Back in the day, if you didn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars, and if your parents didn't have a broker, how do you get access to the stock market? You don't, right? You don't. And you would never hear about it. Well, in comes a company, Robinhood, which I understand, you know, some individuals feel they gamify investing and all of that, which I completely understand. But then they come in and their belief is, you know, everyone should have access to the stock market so we can level the playing field and give the retail investor an opportunity to participate in this wealth building market. And they removed, in quotes, the guardrails. In my opinion, I feel the individuals pushing back against that for the most part. I know there are a small group of individuals that just want Robin Hood to educate their members, right? Let them know what they are doing. And I support that. But I feel a large majority just are screaming because they don't like that this kind of access is being provided to everyone at no cost. I feel that is what's going on. Yeah, it's complicated. And I actually wrote a piece about Robin Hood and my experience using it. And there's a lot of vitriol for Robin Hood. And I understand it. You said something very nice about them, which is that they want to create this democratized platform, which is, of course, the message that they're going to lead with. But behind the scenes, they like to make money. They know, you know, they're not, then they haven't been very upfront about how they make that money. And so, but yes, do we prefer a world where the rich just get richer or a world where everybody gets to experience the market, both the ups and downs of the market and to characterize the stock market as a wealth building tool is not inaccurate, but I think that for the uneducated or inexperienced beginner investor, they may want to skip some steps to get to that quote unquote wealth, that promise, and they'll over trade or they'll do, you know, what, what these folks did with GameStop. And so let's talk about what is the, how is this going to end for some of these people who think they're rich, <laughs> but maybe well, they're not? Well, if they sell their investments today, um, they essentially are rich, right? Because then they are taking money off of the table and they keep, they get the opportunity to keep those gains. If, excuse me to say they are naive and they keep on 
you know, just hyping each other up on Reddit saying that, hey, GameStop is going to a thousand. Well, with what's happening right now with retail brokers like the Robin Hoods, you know, even though Robin Hood is, is, is kind of demonized, look, they put a restriction on new purchases of GameStop, right? And other uh, brokers are doing that as well. So n- this is the sign. And also Chamath sold his position in GameStop yesterday. So Chamath actually participated. He put in $100,000 about three days ago, and he, and he exited his position a day later, and he made $500,000, which he is donating. So then I think that everything is pointing to the fact that Hey, everyone, the game is over. Even if people are hyping this up in Reddit, it is time to take our gains. And then, in my opinion, right, as the investing tutor, I would say, and move that money into long-term investments. Mm-hmm. An individual should split it between, you know, investment funds, which are your ETFs and index funds. And then you can, you know, pick up stocks of companies that you love, believe in, you know, you utilize on a day-to-day basis and call it a day. And that is the true wealth building, the opportunity to see money slowly grow over time. The, the best type of investing is almost boring. It's not as exciting as we've seen with, with GameStop. So in summary, my hope, and if anyone is listening who has exposure to GameStop, please just take your profits. Take it. There's nothing wrong. I know if you sell, they make fun of you that you have paper hands instead of diamond hands to hold strong. <laughs> but Can you tell me when, when do you think this stock will go? I mean, it was like a penny stock for all intents and purposes. It was like three, four or five dollars. Now it's hundreds inflated for no really good reason other than this, you know, collective effort to purchase the stock. When will this level out? When will this go back to what it's actually worth? You want to hear something which is quite sad? Um, (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) Let me grab my drink. Yeah. Um, I am confident that Wall Street's hedge funds are going to come in and pretty much you know, buy this stock again or borrow this stock again now that it's at what, 300 or so, and they are going to short it or, you know, place put options against it, which means that as this stock is dropping back to earth, right, a reasonable price, guess what? They are going to make a boatload of money. (laughs) So it's, it's just so crazy because the retail investor you know, perhaps is not going to take the other side of the trade, which is, okay, hey, I made money going up. I can still make money when it's coming down because it will come down. In terms of when it's going to happen, in my opinion, and this is, you know, as someone who does not options trade or or, or trade, you know, stocks, I feel it's going to happen in the next couple of days. I can see it dropping buy a few, like $50, $100 year and there. And then over the next week or two, we will see this, in my opinion, uh, drop probably below $100, right? So it's $300 right now. So then, yes, you know, Wall Street, 
if they are pretty much shorting this stock from the top, so meaning new entrants coming in to short it on the way down or individuals buying put options to ride it down, they'll, they'll be making money. Yeah, because if we've learned anything, Wall Street is too big to fail, but Reddit investors, not so much. Yeah. And and these Reddit investors, regardless of however you view them, they, they took a huge risk, right? They took huge risk. You know, I, I saw a post about someone whose dog needed surgery and they put, you know, a few hundred dollars in GameStop and it surged to over two or three thousand and they were able to cover the surgery for, for their dog. And I was reading all of these posts and and to me, I, I mean, it was just so inspirational, you know, to see the little investor go up against uh, Wall Street and win for once. Oh, my gosh. Just such a beautiful experience to watch. But you all, I, I will be upfront and honest. For individuals who got in at the early stage, right, before this became news, you know, they made a lot of money. Right. But moving on, I would urge everyone listening, don't chase these type of activities, you know, and I'm sure someone will be like, well, this is our opportunity. Well, if you want to have, you know, fun in the market, you know, take a, a pot of money, have that on the side as your fun money, and you can do that with that. Right. But commit a majority, in my opinion, 90% or more of your funds to real long-term investing that has the goal of allowing you to be able to build wealth, right? Like I said, the new American dream is to be an investor, not a trader per se, right? To be an investor. We so appreciate your time, Dr. Hans, the investing tutor. We appreciate you coming on to break this all down for us. And really, I just wanted to provide the most important takeaways for everybody because the headlines can be really confusing and overwhelming. You may not realize how it impacts your life, but this was the clarity that I needed and I'm very grateful. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Farnoosh, for this opportunity. I really appreciate it.